When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. On a rainy November day 40 years ago, four friends went for a boat ride to Santa Catalina off the coast of Los Angeles aboard the Splendor, a 55-foot yacht. This was no ordinary group of people, however. They included Hollywood celebrities like Natalie Wood, Christopher Walken, and Robert Wagner, along with their boat captain. After a night of drinking and some tense moments among the group, they retreated to their rooms only to find that Natalie Wood was missing. The authorities were alerted and the search for her began, but there was no sign of her. She appeared to have disappeared into thin air. It wasn't until the following morning that Wood was finally found, her body floating about a mile away from the yacht with unexplained bruises and abrasions on her body. Her death was officially ruled accidental, but to this day, her mysterious death still remains an open question. What actually happened to Natalie Wood? search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents... Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Hey guys, welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And we're your partners in wine, crime, and time. Because we're going to be in your ears for the next, you know, 45 minutes or so talking about a crazy case. And honestly, this case did make me want some wine. Uh, Well, I hope you know, when I was prepping for it uh, last night, I did drink a bottle of wine. Did not realize that until the the final pour stopped. And I was like, who split this with me? And I was like, my demons got it. (laughs) You should tweet that. I also feel like this is one of those weeks where I just have a glass of wine like every single night. I feel so good wife. You don't even understand. That is exactly the mindset. Like good wife, house of cards energy where I just feel like I'm a, I'm a businesswoman with paper everywhere. $10 twist off wine, just like replying to emails that I didn't even know were sent to me. It's that type of week. I feel you. Yeah. No, it's totally that week. And then like some weeks, my doctor will be like, how much do you drink? I mean, not that I go to the doctor every week, but like I went two weeks ago and he's like, ah. I'm like, I have, you know, like maybe four drinks a week or something like that. And this week I was like, oh, so I, that was a lie. Uh, oh, <laughs> like, 
a full lot. That's actually the only time I never lie because I'm always so afraid me saying one less drink is going to be like what makes them diagnose me like incorrectly or something like that. But that is the perk yeah. of a Jersey doctor because you just are straight up with them like, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're always like surprised at how much I drink. And then they're surprised that I literally do not smoke. Oh yeah. I'm that's, like, well, that's what... listen, I chew I chose my vice and I chose the one that at least is fun. Yeah, it's the one you can do inside. That's honestly what really did it for <laughs> me. Too. I was like, I'm not gonna take a smoke break. I would always laugh whenever I'd see people on a smoke break and I'd be like, What would this be for me? And then I would always see them when I would go out to get my mid-afternoon diet coke. And I was like, I guess this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have a smoke break, you got a coke break, and not I realized how that sounded afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, guys, smoking so bad. Just do cocaine. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just mainline diet Coke. <laughs> it's worked for me ish for decades. <laughs> for decades. For decades. Well, this case, I, I was going to use a bad segue, but fine, I'll do it. I feel like this case is just as classic as a good old can of Coke. And yes, I hate myself for that, too. It is so classic because we're getting into some Hollywood glamour of a case. I mean, what I want to do, what, you, what after we talk about this case, what I need you all to do is go back and watch some of these classic films that our uh, uh, topic today is a star in because they're all so good. Like a, leg- a, a true le- Hollywood legend that we're discussing. Oh, seriously. And my other favorite thing about this period of Hollywood is how like Everybody had the same voice and it's not the same voice that anyone has now. Like how how was everybody at that time born with these like smooth like you know kind of drawls and and I'm just like nasally and I'm from Long Island. Like what <laughs> I think that was the thing. She was not from uh the tri-state area. I think you're just yeah. mixing that up. Maybe, maybe. So we're talking about Natalie Wood and her um mysterious death. But before that, let's talk about her life because it was honestly like quite amazing i'm gonna go they don't make celebrities or talent like her anymore and that is a fucking fact like you won't you don't there's no new natalie wood on the scene and that's just what it is yeah i know i was trying to think of like someone analogous um i mean we do have people who are famous actresses for our generation but i mean she was really a child star who just stood the test of time like again and again i don't think we have anyone Trying to think and, of anyone like that. You know, I want to say our girl Hillary Duff, but like, listen. <laughs> I mean, start as a child and then, you know, work her way. She did, she did. But, but she's got, she she wasn't getting Oscar nominations. She was not, okay, yet. As much as we love our queen. But you brought up the good thing that this other podcast, Lost Cold Teresa, talks about all the time. There are actresses and there are stars. And Natalie Wood is a star, so. Yes, she was a complete star. She was born... July 20th, 1938, her initial name was Natalia, but then they kind of changed it to Natalie Wood to be more marketable, as you do. And her parents were Russian immigrants. And when she was young, this is a fun fact, Natalie's mother visited a fortune teller who told her that her child would be a great beauty known throughout the world. But she also said she must beware of dark water. This is what we call in the business foreshadowing. Oh, that shit hit me. Fortune foreshadowing. That made me be like, I believe in fortune tellers. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my friends, this is a complete sidebar, but like one of my friends had this complete, she went to a psychic and the psychic was like, she was, she'd started dating someone at this time. And the psychic said, um, like, 
you guys are going to hit a rough patch in February. But if you can make it through, I see like marriage and kids in your future. And like, lo and behold, he sort of broke up with her in February. And now is like, wait, no, um, I, I, I was kidding. I fucked up. Ooh. So two points for psychics. Okay. I'll let it have it. Anyway. So, okay. This fortune teller told her to beware of dark water. But before that, she did become this great beauty known throughout the world. Natalie started performing at an early age and she got her first role when she was four in a movie called Happy Land. It was kind of like a bit part. And then in 1946, she played an orphan in Tomorrow is Forever with Orson Welles and Claudette Colbert. So we got some big names. Big old names. Big names, big names. But her real, uh, what's the word, breakout came in 1947 when she starred in Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. Love it. She's a little girl, guys. For everyone who like, I'm like, put on Miracle on 34th Street right now. Yes. She plays a little girl. She then went on to star in Rebel Without a Cause when she was just 16, which really made her like a star and got her an Oscar nomination. And that was alongside James Dean, by the way. Ever heard of him? Whew, that Rebel Without a Cause. They don't make stills like that no more. Yeah. They, they sure don't. They yeah. sure don't. And then in 1961, she played Maria in West Side Story. This is a fun fact. Um, she did all her own dancing for that movie, but not the singing that was done by Marnie Nixon. That's Which so I feel fun. like you don't have that anymore either. Like if they cast you for the role, like they cast Russell Crowe in Les Mis and just made him sort of scream sing throughout the whole thing. Didn't Zac Efron have a singing double for one of the High School Musicals, I thought? Wait, he did? I, I could be 100% lying, but I feel like that was something there. Or maybe that was just like... Oh my like, God. If that's true, I feel like my world is being shattered. But I feel like, I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's fully truth. I'll ask a psychic about that, but yeah. Yeah, please ask a psychic, report back, or just and my favorite thing too with her and West Side Story was that her because I watched me and Sarah both watched a documentary that her daughter made about her on HBO. And there was this whole thing like, yeah, she wouldn't have been cast as a Puerto Rican now. And we're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, and I think she was kind of was mad herself. about that at the time, I thought. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, that was not remotely a conversation that Hollywood was having then. Yeah. And she also was in a movie called Splendor in the Grass, which again earned her an Oscar nomination. And here's a little uh, twist tie in. She played a character called Gypsy Rose Lee, who was the main character in 1962's Gypsy. Can we talk about what? It's one of my favorite musicals. Oh, I was just talking about Gypsy Rose Blanchard, but yes. I know. Well, I always get their names confused. But let me tell you, I mean, one of my favorite cases or interesting cases and also one of my favorite musicals, Let Me Entertain You, uh, The th- I would what I would give to be a club coming right now with Troy Roberts singing that with the drag queen. You don't even understand. OK, same. And I'm still mad I didn't go that day that you guys went and you saw the robbery. The robbery. Ugh. I feel like when this is all over, I'm never being responsible again. I'm never being like, oh, I should go home early. I work tomorrow. I'm never doing that shit again. I'm pouring vodka on all my laptops and starting a new life. (laughs) (laughs) Love that for you. I'm coming with. It's just what's going on. We'll record the (laughs) podcast with the phone because I'll never get rid of my phone, but the laptops are vodka in. I love that. Also, random aside, before we continue any further, shout out to everyone who DM'd me who knew about my SpongeBob references and my Bonnie lives over the ocean. So thank you. And I'm sure I'll say something else that Danny and Jorge will think is completely random today. So I just await your guys' support. That's what, you know through. what? 
for the people that know SpongeBob, they got you. And if you're singing, let me entertain you right now in your car or shower. We have all the There's something for everybody here besides sports. But I try to learn sports for you guys. Yeah, no. You wanted sports references. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, go team. You're legit. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So kind of what Sarah was saying, and of course, any if anybody remotely knows about Natalie Wood or her name, she was a star, legend in the making. She was that bitch, like, honestly. Very much. Very Judy Garland-ish, too, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of always being in demand, just this Hollywood starlet owned by the studios, but really constantly working. Uh, she dated Nikki Hilton, Dennis Hopper. Like the, the Hilton heir. Miss Hilton, you must be worth a million bucks. Like, that Hilton heir. Yes. And Elvis. So this show, she was wanted both on screen and by your side at dinner. Because <laughs> drop dead gorgeous. Like, uh, the pictures, it's so funny when I was like, because they, they were showing, like, looking at photos with her, I was like, damn, they don't do photographs like this anymore either. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, she's just objectively gorgeous. <laughs> like, it's <Yeah>. less. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what camera did they use? I'm like, oh, genetics. Got it. <laughs> genetics. <laughs> Uh, so when she was 18, though, her studio set her up with heartthrob at the time, Robert Wagner, who was 26. As Taylor Swift would say, sparks did fly. <laughs> and uh, he proposed to her by putting a diamond uh, and pearl ring in a champagne glass. Cute. Cute, but also risky because, like, I guess Natalie Wood and me don't have a lot in common because I'm a, I'm a bitch who chugs. Oh, that, yeah. That ring would be in my esophagus. You know what I mean? Yes. I, yeah, I'm not it would end with, with like a fun trip to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but then maybe you fall in love with the doctor. Who knows? Uh, that did not happen with Natalie and Robert. She uh, saw the ring in the champagne flute uh, and they ended up getting married in 1957 and were truly like the Hollywood golden couple. I don't even, it feels a disservice to compare them to this, but I guess not like a Brad and Angelina at the time, like back when they were really like on every single magazine, everywhere you look. A list beyond. So very much in the public eye. Totally. And also with that, the fans were crazy about them. Uh, Natalie said that during their honeymoon, uh, they quote unquote drove a Corvette across the country. Radio stations would announce that they just where they just passed through and people would wait for us in every little town. I love that. Wow. I love that. I mean, I mean, the gas station, the gas bell must have been insane though, because like driving through cross country in a Corvette, how you fit it? Yeah. Not very sustainable. That's true. Not very. I mean, back then they didn't really. I don't think sustainability was a word back then, so we'll let it slide. True. That is just that. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot of Hollywood marriages, this one did not last too long, and they split up in 1962. Five years is not terrible for a Hollywood marriage, I will say. Yeah, 
there's, there's a, the bad track record for those. Pretty good. I mean, I would still be happy to join one or be married to someone in Hollywood, but there's just that. Yeah. I would do the spinoff. Uh, but rumors were flying around that she was unfaithful to him, but nothing was really confirmed. And um, in the doc, her her friend was like, not at all. But um, who was the who was the co-star that she was with that everyone was talking about? Because he was so hot. Um, I don't know. Not Christopher Walken. No, not Christopher Walken. No shade okay. to him. Very talented. Oh, um, <laughs> Natalie, what? Damn it. She was in, she, um, this a, a famous name that's going to come to me probably like 20 minutes later. And I'm going to like hit myself in the head. But people thought she was having an affair with him. It was her co-star in Splendor in the Grass, Warren Beatty. Oh, yes. yeah. That duff truck. Yes. <laughs> he's so gorgeous and i mean like they were very much oh everyone that i mean everyone back then is so hot i don't know what happened i feel like it's got to have to do with the fact that we just like weren't injecting silicone into our faces constantly from like the age of 12 like silicone and the cheese inside uh crunchwrap supremes those honestly (laughs) i was gonna say cheese whiz but like that too because that shit is so good but not good for you i'm assuming not at all so 1962, her marriage with Robert Wagner ends. And then after this comes a bit of a rough period for Natalie. Um, she struggled with her mental health and she did attempt suicide in 1966. Although in her documentary, the daughter kind of said like it wasn't it wasn't a, I don't know, genuine suicide attempt. And it was more of like a cry for help because I think she took a lot of pills and then was immediately like, hey, wait, I took too many pills. Like help. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, that, that is what she said. And that is. Uh, definitely an option, but I do feel like at the end we can discuss um, children making documentaries about their families. <laughs> That's yeah. just up the line. Yeah, big what's his name? Madison Hamburger <sighs> Energy. Yeah, that matters. But um, I mean, I do feel like how can you not struggle with your mental health being in Hollywood and being in the public eye and being on this pedestal? Like, no, yeah. no shame at all and no shade. And then it's also a hard thing, too, because it's back in the day. I mean, you kind of there's more regulation now ish for Hollywood stars. But back then they pump you out when you're four years old. You're working every day with these like 45 year olds who are giving you like a diet pill. I know that was the case a lot with Judy Garland, not confirmed with Natalie Wood, but they kind of are always working on your body. You have no Mm -hmm. free time to do anything. And you're owned by the studios because that was back then. I mean, there's like studios owned the movies and everything came out from there versus like movies gets pitched to studios, stars join in. They're kind of like, it was more so like factory-ish and she was just yeah. stuck on the the uh, conveyor belt. Yeah, I mean, and she was in these big movies from the time she was 16, which is like, my, it's truly mind-blowing to me. I'm like, I was essentially a toddler at 16. Oh my God, I was not, I'm tr- not at all. Could not do this. Yeah, it's wild. So then she ended up taking a break from acting And in 1969, she married Richard Gregson, who is a writer and producer. And also in 1969, she starred in a movie called Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, which like, I'm sorry. What is that title? But also it was racy. Was it? For for back then, I'm like, they're talking like swinging. They're all in the bed together. We're seeing some bodies. I was like, I did not know they did this. Well, I guess the 70s. It was 1969. Anything goes. The summer of 69. There we go. It's named that for a reason. Exactly. 3435. <laughs> <laughs> so then in uh, 1970, Natalie and Richard had a daughter, Natasha. And then this is so like, I just, wow, this is so 
mind-blowing. In 1972, Natalie ended up divorcing Richard and then marrying Robert again. It's like the parent trap. You left out a part that, I mean, I love that part. That was a Hollywood moment. But the reason they got divorced, because Richard pulled a little Jay-Z, maybe A-Rod, and cheated on Natalie with the assistant. Yeah, we hate that. We hate to see it. I would have loved Natalie Wood's Lemonade. I mean, I'm just so, I'm like, it really goes to show, I'm like, someone's cheating on Natalie Wood? I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know what? Like, I used to get, I don't know, super depressed. I feel like about just, like, dating and stuff like that. And then I was like, you know what? If if Sierra is getting cheated on by future, it just shows that you can't predict this shit. <laughs> and it doesn't Ma- matter if I eat that extra Cheeto. Oh, eat the Cheetos. Eat the Cheetos, not the cheaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No cheater zone. Okay. So then Robert and Natalie had a daughter, Courtney, in 1974. And then she started to kind of make her comeback. In 1976, she was in the TV version of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. In 1969, she was in From Here to Eternity and got rave reviews. Um, Then she was also in a sci-fi movie with Sean Connery that was not good. Look, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, right. Who hasn't fucked up with Sean Connery? You know what I mean? You're like, damn it. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, they can't all be hits. That's what I say about my tweets as well. <laughs> You're like, I'm the Natalie Wood of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then in 1981, she filmed Brainstorm with Christopher Walken, which was her final movie. The film's assistant director, David McGiffert, told Wood's biographer, it wasn't like they were lovey-dovey on the set or anything like that. But they just had a current about them and an electricity. Um, and I think they they did just like they struck up a pretty like close friendship slash relationship. And they just seemed to like get each other. Yeah, I think it was definitely more on that because from what um, reading about Natalie Wood and watching things about her, you realize how in unlike a lot of other uh, actors of the time and probably even present day how involved she was in all the processes and kind of was like smart with it like she wasn't just like an actor reading lines she's like I this is what has to be happening this is what I want like a big pioneer for like women advocating for equality in the workplace and stuff like that not really on paper but just in like how she went about things so I feel like all like because she was like close with Robert Redford but all of it was very much so in like a professional very close friendship way. Yeah, totally. So, of course, we're getting now to the uh, incident that we discussed up top in November 1981. Uh, Natalie, Robert, and Christopher Walken took a trip to Catalina Island on their uh, yacht, uh, which was called Splendor. And uh, I feel like I need to say this as a sidebar because I just feel like this like old Hollywood sort of ideal feels like it happened so long ago. But then the fact that like Christopher Walken is a main part of this, it like, it just like short circuits my brain. Isn't it? Cause I think I, I don't, I, cause as anyone who listens regularly knows I'm a dumb bitch from Jersey. I'm <laughs> like a black and white film actress. That's like the twenties. And I'm like, she yeah, could no, be alive really. in the eighties. I'm like, how? I know. I always think this happened in like 1940, and it's like, no, it's not. I'm like, Madonna was saying holiday during this. Like, it really throws me for a loop. Yeah, no, it's totally like messing with my brain. It really is a mindfuck. Yeah. So, this was in November 1981. And I also feel like it should be known to like, they frequently went on this boat yacht. It wasn't just like a random, like, let's go on a yacht. Like, this was like their yacht where everyone was saying to even Natalie's assistant, 
not the one who slept with her second husband, yeah. our other sister. So they're like, Natalie was also like a different person on this boat. Like very much loved to like, I think they said that she cooked huevos rancheros. We love. Uh, we love. But also it's funny. They were like, she never cooked except for on the boat. And I want to say same for me. I've never been on like a boat that I could cook on, but I feel like I would cook more on a boat than I do in my day-to-day life. I think if I'm going on a boat, then I'm going to hire a chef for the boat. It's not happening for me. Should we charter a below deck yacht? I mean, that's just a mistake. Listen, I want nothing more in the world than to charter the below deck yacht, except not be on camera because fuck that. Like, I, I don't want... Like three people who know what they're doing and three people who are just like complete idiots. Like, no thanks. You know, I don't want to drown. That's true. And also I don't want to be filmed just like drinking White Claw uh, in my bathing suit for Bravo. Truly. Anything else Bravo wants to do with me, please call, but not I mean, I, I do want to be filmed in my bathing suit drinking White Claw for Bravo, but not in the way that's like, ugh, and these guests were terrible. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, for, never mind. I want to be appreciated for my guest. Dumb. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the. We'll go to the summer house house. We'll just invite ourselves there. <laughs> uh, so, regardless, uh, Bravo aside, <laughs> they uh, apparently invited a lot of friends, uh, but all of them except for Chris declined because the weather that weekend was not good at all. It was very rainy, not not ideal to be on a boat, or yep. also just not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, eh, I'm going to stay inside. Yeah, I'm like, let the rain fall down. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> the other person with them was Dennis Deverne, who served as the captain of the ship and keep his name in mind because he will be important later on. Dennis in the back of the head, you know what I mean? On November 29th, they went out to dinner at Doug's Harbor Reef, a restaurant in Catalina, which I've always wanted to go to. The Catalina, not the restaurant. Oh, I was like, you've heard of that restaurant before? Doug's Har- you told me Doug's Harbor Reef. I would assume it's in Atlantic City, but I'm glad that it's in Catalina. <laughs> You're right. I'm like, you got Doug's oh, Harbor Doug- like, I don't trust a Doug with, like, muscles. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whatever. like, fine dining. No. Yeah. Shout out to any Dougs listening, though. If we have a Doug listening, I would, I'll Venmo you, truly, if there's a Doug listening. That I swear. <laughs> uh, they were all, of course, they went out to dinner. They're having fun. It's a friend's trip. They all got wasted and drunk. Uh, the night manager later said that he was worried they weren't going to make it back to the boat. So they were just having a dinner. I mean, I had a nickel every time a night manager was like, you good? Uh Wagner told the Times in 2008 that he didn't like that uh, Walken, Christopher Walken, was basically advocating Natalie go all in on acting and sacrifice her personal life slash relationships with husbands and kids. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like that either. With the <laughs> husband like, there. What do you mean? Yeah. They're just like, no, leave this idiot and go acting. Which also, it's like, I kind of found that interesting too because I'm like, she has a successful career. Like, she didn't need to like, up her game you know what i mean but besides the point i feel like she had kind of like because she took a break she kind of faltered a bit she was sort of back in the stride but she wasn't like at the peak she was still at her, kind of like at climbing her oscar back repeat thing 100 yeah and i think at that point it was sort of a thing where it's like you know do you want to go all in and really try or do you want to mm. like focus on the family teddy mellencamp all in yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> So back at the boat, they did get into an argument and uh, Chris was saying that it's important that she works. And Robert said, which is just a line that like, I, he said, it's important that you stay out of her life. Ooh. Now that's a man you marry twice. You know what I mean? Yep. 
that's that's a man uh he was mad that he was telling her what to do rightfully so because like natalie is an adult and far like able to make up her own career and life choices yeah i mean to me i think it was just sort of more that christopher walken was advocating that she kind of like not focus on her family as much and when you're that family you're not gonna be you're you're gonna be like no you're not gonna love that. You're not gonna yeah, love the exactly. energy. Company. You're not gonna love that. And also, because like then they're like, "Oh, Christopher Walken, you want her to stop looking at his her family, just make movies with you. You guys getting all close." You know, what I mean, Robert probably had a lot of energy happening with that. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, so then, of course, after a few drinks and arguments, Robert smashed a bottle of wine on the coffee table, and glass went flying everywhere. Mm. After that, they did argue for a bit, and then Chris went to his cabin, and the captain cleaned up the glass. So then after the captain cleaned everything up, it was at this point that Wagner said in the HBO doc that he noticed Natalie wasn't anywhere, uh, which is kind of uh, interesting. The captain said that he wanted to immediately go look for her, uh, turn on a searchlight, and Wagner told him not to. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Ship to shore call was made at 1.30 a.m., and then the Coast Guard was called at 3.30 a.m. This might be like... I feel like sort of the most damning piece of like quote unquote evidence is just why, you know, why did you wait so long? That's the thing that I was so confused about. I feel like that's just what I have about every case that we ever hear. I'm like, why, what was this empty time for? It's very odd. Uh, So her body was finally found around 8 a.m. the next day, floating in the water near Dingy, her, uh, which is a small boat that usually attaches to the boat for anyone who does not know. Uh, her daughter confirms she used to hate when the boat would bang against the dinghy and she wouldn't be able to sleep, just as an aside about referencing that. Yeah. So um, Natalie's death was officially classified as an accident and probable drowning in ocean. The L.A. coroner Thomas Noguchi cited in his report numerous bruises to arms and legs that were superficial and probably sustained at the time of drowning. And he wrote, no other trauma noted and foul play is not suspected at this time. And sort of as Danny was mentioning, the theory was that she fell into the water while trying to secure the dinghy so it wouldn't hit against the boat. And then she like hit her head and drowned. Floated off. Some interesting things also. Her BAC was 0.14 at the time of her death. And she had also taken a sleeping pill and an anti-motion sickness pill, which both increased the effects of alcohol. So like maybe she wasn't super steady on her feet when she leaned over, that kind of thing. Um However, as we mentioned before, Natalie was deathly afraid of water. And she even talked about it in an interview. They showed in the documentary this clip of her talking about how she's afraid of dark water. So would she really be like leaning over the water at night? I don't know. That's the thing. And also because it's one of those things, it wasn't just like a little fear. It's like her mother instilled this fear. And they talked a lot about like her mother kind of instilling a lot of things. And Natalie, she was terrified of dark water. Yeah, but to that point, the daughter does say in the documentary that, like, this fear was maybe overblown since, like, Mm. you know, Natalie would, like, go swimming and stuff and, like, go in the pool. But a pool is clear water. That's true. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. We'll, we'll come back to the sister in a little bit. Let's first talk about the captain. Captain Dennis. Captain Dennis. He ended up writing in his book that he wasn't truthful to the authorities. What? Like, why? I was um, like, you putting that in writing? Well... Okay, so he told today that, um, and I think this was like 2011, that the reason he came forward so much later is he felt like nobody was listening before. And he told today, at that time, my life was just totally crazy. And I don't think it was a time when I was even able to think straight. But what he doesn't explain is like why he lied in the first place, dude. That's what I don't get. It's like, okay, there's a difference between thinking straight and lying to the authorities. Yeah, like why? Like if you're going to come out and be like, oh, I was lying back then. Here's the truth. Like I need to know why you lied. Why you always lying? Why? Wow, what a throwback. I don't know where that came from in my head. I love it. That is a deep cut. Um, And then on top of this, there were reports from other boats of people hearing a woman scream the night Natalie died. Um. And in September 1997, Christopher Walken finally broke his silence in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. He said she slipped. He also said it was raining that night. He said, quote, block quote, so get ready. What happened that night only she knows because she was alone. She had gone to bed before us and her room was at the back. A dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat and I think she went out to move it. There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. It was slippery. I had walked on it myself. She told me she couldn't swim. In fact, they had to cut to a swim. They had to cut a swimming scene from Brainstorm. She was probably half asleep and she was wearing a coat. So just kind of saying that she, um, you know, just slipped Um, back to the sister. So the sister like Lana didn't really think that it was an accident, but in the documentary what we watched, they basically just paint the sister as like a fame seeker. Yeah, she really got a, a an interesting edit, especially from a documentary with her family too. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're like they basically just say like she became an actress because Natalie was an actress, and like and they said the whole time they weren't really close to her and stuff like that. So. You know, take it, take it with a grain of salt. A whole, a huge little grain of salt. So that's kind of, I mean, like, 
where the, it's it's a hard thing where I feel like it's one of those situations where people did try to just put it in a bow or not a you know what I mean it's just being like what a what a sad accident but people are still very much like feeling a lot of different thoughts on it yeah and um before we get to updates do you want to do we want to should we do updates first and then talk about our thoughts on it or what are you feeling I don't know I sort of feel like the updates are crucial to the thoughts update you know what Thoughts need updates, and that's just what it is. Yes. So a little, uh, some updates from this. In 2011, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department opened the case again after receiving additional information from an unnamed source or unnamed sources. Oh, it, Shui is probably the captain, but whatever. You know what I mean? After they're like, because what other sources? <laughs> like, who else was there? Yeah, there's only two two other people. Yeah, it's like, it's either, is Christopher Walken, call, you would recognize his uh, voice on the phone, I think. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, so in a 2011 interview with Today, uh, uh, Dennis even claimed that Wagner was responsible. Hmm. So uh, the last words that uh, Dennis heard him say to Natalie was, get off my fucking boat. Interesting. And then in uh, January 2013, the cause of death was changed from an accidental drowning, which it was for a while, to drowning and other undetermined factors. Which also shows that even the... Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so investigators discovered that some of her bruises may have been sustained before she drowned. And uh, Dr. Michael Franco, who was an intern at the coroner's office at the time of Natalie's death, also had a few things to say. Which, I mean, for anybody who's uh, interning right now, they do like when interns speak their mind, speak up. So what? it's a little work. <laughs> oh, my God. We try to get we try to give some uh, life tips here, too. Yes. Uh, the, uh, he, well, uh, Dr. Michael Franco, the intern at the time, said these bruises that were seen in the autopsy are consistent with the possibility that Natalie tried to hoist herself onto the dinghy from the water. And then Franco said, quote, unquote, someone was pushing her down and wouldn't let her stay up. Okay. Okay. So Franco then believed that the LA coroner's office covered up the true cause of Natalie Wood's death. He said that, quote unquote, whatever they decided wasn't going to be questioned. Hmm. Interesting. And on top of that, in 2018, so very, like, these are all coming out very recently. Yes, yeah, super uh, recent. See, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the year of all these loose ends and true crime getting tied up. Who knew we needed a global pandemic with no end in sight? Yeah, right. Uh, in 2018, LA County investigators wanted to talk to Wagner again as a person of interest. So, although he didn't really seem too bothered by that in the documentary, he did not seem bothered at all in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, in the 2020 doc uh, that we both were mentioning above earlier uh, came out, which was made by Natalie Wood's daughter, Natasha. She confronts her dad on camera, but doesn't believe he had anything to do with her death ultimately. So I actually don't know what to think because I know on the on the one hand, I just feel like autopsy results can be such BS. And like, I feel like we've seen it with a number of cases. You can pretty much hire. It, it just seems like you can hire an independent person to conduct an autopsy to say like whatever you want. And like them, this person saying that the bruises were consistent with the possibility of someone pushing her down doesn't mean that like that just means it's possible 
it means they're not yeah. ruling it out. And like on top of that, if she really couldn't swim, you wouldn't need to push her down. That's true. So that kind of put up like my BS oh, radar. Well, I wonder if it was if she couldn't swim, but she was trying to grab onto the dinghy to like hoist on there. Maybe. And then I don't know. On the other hand, I will say I, w- I was kind of manipulated by this documentary. Like they did kind of <laughs> get me. Because I'm just like, it's her daughter and the husband. And like, I guess I just always feel bad when we do these things of like, especially when the families are still alive and like openly talking about this. And I'm like, well, what does the family believe? You know, Mm, I know Well, it's I know it's really hard that um, the entire family was in it. I do love that one of the uh, daughters, the one who didn't make the documentary, she was a she was a hoot and a half. The yeah, blonde daughter. You, oh, Courtney. Courtney, yeah. But I know, I think it's a hard, I think it's very interesting because it is kind of one of those things where it's like, it could just be so simple as she slipped and fell and that was it. But I think it's also a hard thing mixed with like, does that totally align? And then I also think it's one of those things where it's like the disbelief. I feel like it's even um, Mia Farrow, who was in the documentary, was like, that can't yes. be it. I had to Google that. I was like, wait a sec, hold up. Is this Mia Farrow? Yeah, and then I Googled like, it because... I feel like we need to talk about the other documentary she's in this week. That's a whole heavier topic than, yeah. I mean, that's much heavier. Well, no. Yeah. It was actually, no, they're both both heavy. heavy. They're both awful. But I think it's one of those things too, where you just don't want to believe. And it's so weird, but so true that like that a, a freak accident could bring down a star like this too. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know. I mean, I just genuinely don't know what to think because I know. I mean, this is like a lot different than a lot of the cases we cover because there are two possibilities. It's like either she slipped or she was pushed pretty much. Yeah. And there's no real evidence one way or the other. Like, I think it's kind of the same. And like, I feel like there's no, you know, like there's no way for us to know. There's unfortunately, well, that's unless like Dennis comes out with some more info or like anything like that. But I know I really, I think it's unfortunately like, it seems like more stuff comes out every year with this, but I don't know if any, there's be a ton more coming to us. Yeah. I just, I genuinely can't form an opinion like one way or the other, because it's also a thing where if, if someone else was responsible, it's not, there's not like a motive per se. It's just like, Oh, this happened in the heat of the moment during an argument type thing. And like, I don't have any sort of like proof or evidence as far as that goes one way or the other. Like this was, this clearly like if something happened, it wasn't a premeditated thing. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like all the proof was in that night and only three people were there that night. So it's kind of just, that's what it is. That's the only, there's no new evidence. There's nothing that we can really find out about it, which is just so sad. Do you have any like thoughts or inklings? Well, you know what really hits me? And I don't know if you were thinking about this at all. And then like, this is just to make this podcast even more depressing. It just kept on reminding me now of uh, Naya Rivera. I got that vibe for sure. It just really, and I mean like that just fucking, it was so awful. And I think it just kind of one of those things where that was also when I was just like, because that's what made me think that people just don't think someone could go that way. And I was like, no, she was with her she's on a boat with her kid what no that's not no yeah i mean unfortunately people do drown like it happens yeah it happens so much yeah and on chop and like on a choppy weather day type of thing so it kind of especially like if you're drunk in i mean in this um 
even when I was doing the research, like everyone was like, these people were lit when they left the restaurant. Like they were all wasted. I think they continued to drink on the boat. And yeah. like, I think it's super possible. And then it's also hard too, where it's like you could take, um, because I'm sure the nausea medication and stuff she took, she probably was used to taking that, but how it could mix with things. And then while your fucking husband's fighting with your friend and it's just so... There's just so many factors that were going into play that night. Yeah, I really don't know. Hmm. All, I, all I know is that she was gone too soon and a true legend. And Truly. You all need to give her a little honor this week by watching one of her movies or just watch or just listening to Gypsy soundtrack because it's so good. <laughs> there we go. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well... Good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now I think we'll lighten things up a tiny bit. With Jorge and a game. All right. So this week we're playing a game called And the Oscar Goes to Jail. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I love this title. That was like a real twist. Yeah. So we're going to be diving into the world of Hollywood glamour. And this is going to be a multiple choice quiz. I'm going to give you the name of a famous actor and you're going to have to guess what crime they committed. Ooh. All right. You guys ready for this? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. First up, we have Tim Allen. What? Was he arrested for domestic abuse, drug oh. trafficking, <laughs> money laundering, or assault? Um, I'm just going to go with regular assault. Yeah, I'm going with that, too. Honestly, if Tim Allen was fucking, like, pushing drugs or laundering money, like, honestly, just even more respect. (laughs) So the correct answer is drug trafficking. What? (laughs) What? Oh, my God, a king. This story is crazy. So this was in 1978. This was before he got famous or anything. So he was very young. Uh Um, So he was arrested in an airport in Kalamazoo for possession of over 650 grams of cocaine. Oh my God. Which is a lot of cocaine. That's about a pound and a half. That's a lot. (laughs) So he was there to hand it off to some guy who had promised to pay him for the contraband, but it turned out that that guy was an undercover agent and he was being (laughs) paid. (laughs) So the police swarmed him and that amount of cocaine would have been worth about $260,000 when adjusted for inflation. So it was a lot of cocaine. And typically this amount of cocaine would have landed him in prison for life, but he actually turned informant and helped the authorities um, capture about 20 other people connected to the drug trade. So even when he was being a criminal, he found his way to redeem himself. So he only served about two years in prison and then was released. Okay, wow. And then was released to be a Santa Claus who supports Trump. So there you go. You really can have a full he circle. He supports Trump? Yeah. Oh, Fuck. Crushing. 
There we go. Yeah. I'm sure he's like, who's bringing drugs into this country? I'm like, I'm literally you. more upset about the Trump thing than I am about the drugs. Yeah, I'm a coke smoke. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh this one we know. Do you both know it? Didn't he beat this like Vietnamese yeah. man within an inch of his life? That's correct. So yeah, <laughs> you got Fuck him. So he was uh, arrested for attempted murder. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, he apparently had a very turbulent childhood. He left high school when he was only 14 years old and joined a gang. And during his years with the gang, he was arrested on a couple of occasions for like dealing drugs and other minor offensive. But then when he was 16, he attacked two Vietnamese men without any provocation whatsoever, Mm -hmm. hitting one with a stick and punching the other one in the eye, permanently blinding him. And he was yelling racial slurs at him while he was attacking them. So it was racially motivated. Um, not a great look. He was charged with attempted murder, but then for some reason it was reduced to criminal contempt. And he only ended up serving about 45 days of his sentence before being released. So, yeah, what the fuck? And that is on being white in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. And that doesn't seem to like he just he bounced back. He has a full career after that. And you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. People who are like, oh, cancel culture. It's like, okay, well, listen. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems to be pretty well respected nowadays, too. It's like everyone just let him off so easy on this. Yeah. People love. Yeah. I don't know why people love him so much. Weird. Okay. Next up, we have Woody Harrelson. Oh, so was he arrested for disorderly conduct? drug possession, carjacking, or hostage taken? Hostage? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. I feel like Woody could be drug possession. He could definitely be drug possession. I mean, the thing is, like, I was thinking disorderly conduct because I could see him being drunk and, like, disorderly, for lack of a better word. What was that third one, though? Carjacking. Carjacking. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a bit spicy. This could be be it. But I'm going to go with my gut. And go with disorderly conduct. Your gut served you this time, Sarah. It was disorderly conduct. All right. (laughs) This was in 1982 in Columbus, Ohio. And police responded to a call of a young man dancing in the middle of the street only to find... It was Danny. (laughs) I'm like, okay, my dream to dance with Woody Housing (laughs) in Ohio. They showed up to find a very drunk Woody Harrelson doing the boogie. They arrested him. And put him in the back of the police van. But as the van pulled away, he somehow escaped the van and started running away. But then the police caught up to him and he got into some fisticuffs with the policeman. So he was found guilty of disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. But he got off very lightly, as seems to be the 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 pattern in here, with only a $390 fine. I mean, it's pretty funny that that started off pretty wholesome and then ended <laughs> up true. with like assault on a police officer. He, him and Luann de los Eps started yeah, off right? wholesome and then cut to police. <laughs> yeah, legit. Another fun fact about Woody Harrelson, I don't know if you guys know this, is that his father was a literal hitman. Did you oh, guys know this? Word? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when this happened, his father had just been convicted of assassinating a federal judge. John H. Wood Jr. So he had a pretty long career of being paid to kill people and also had some issues with cocaine. His mental health wasn't the best, of course, but he claimed that he participated in JFK's assassination. 
Interesting. Okay. Which is a whole other can of worms that we have yet to open <laughs> on this podcast. And I don't know if I ever will. That's a, that's a, That'd be a month and a half long episode. Right. right? That'd be a 10 episode series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would have to do like, I was so bad at history in school and it's just oh. so much history and I don't think I could do it. I We would not do it justice. Yeah, no. All right. Last up, we have Randy Quaid from the Quaid family. Is that like Dennis Quaid's brother? brother. Or son? He's actually very, you would recognize him immediately. He's kind of like a character actor. Mm. Um, he was in, yeah, National Lampoon's Vacation Movies. He was on Home in the Range, A Streetcar Named Desire in the 80s. Oh, so he oh, actually really? had a pretty, sorry, my dog is. Oh, the dog's, the dog's a Randy fan. Yeah. Randy got, Randy got fans. Cut to like him being an awful person. I don't know about this crime. I'm like, Randy's awesome. I'm like, what? You <laughs> he was also in Treasure Island, Kids, Battle for Treasure Island, Brokeback Mountain. So he's had a pretty long career. Wow. All right. So was he arrested for A, assault, B, shoplifting, C, DUI, or D, burglary? I'm going to go the celebrity classic of DUI. I was going to do that too, because now if I'm remembering the right person, he's talented at character acting, but not the most, like he can't really sneak away the fastest. <laughs> you got a presence, our boy Randy. So I'm going to go DUI too. It was actually burglary. Whoa. And oh. This is a pretty insane story. So this was in September 2010. He and his wife broke into the guest home of a home in Santa Barbara that they once owned, but they had sold. It wasn't theirs anymore. And they later claimed that their home was wrongfully transferred to a third party by the use of a forged signature. Uh, But they were just sort of living, squatting in this guest home. The owners called the cops on them. And they were arrested, they met bail, but then they failed to appear in court because they turned fugitive and went to Vancouver, Canada, where they sought asylum protections under the Canadian Immigration and Refugee Protection Act, stating that they feared for their lives in the United States. Okay, I got it. I have a feeling that's not how that's supposed to work. So no, right. I don't think so. You can't claim asylum because you fear the consequences of your own actions. Randy? Right. So border authorities promptly arrested their asses for their outstanding (laughs) warrants. And they tried a bunch of legal maneuvers for years. Like they spent five years in Canada. Oh my God. Like citing all this stuff. They even sued the U.S. Department of State for revoking oh. their passports. This is such white guy shit. Is this for real? And also this is very much like, like, you know, middle-aged white person who just loves to be on hold with the U.S. government to sue them. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck? This is crazy. Yeah, the Canucks eventually got sick and tired of their shit and ordered them to be deported back to the U.S., at which point they just got on a plane and went back themselves before being deported. And when they landed in Vermont, they were arrested for the outstanding warrant for the original burglary crime five years ago. But at this point, again, justice apparently took a little vacation and a judge in Vermont declined to transfer them to California to face their trial and just released them. So they're just living in Vermont and eating cheddar i guess no they're somehow living the dream they were in canada chilling eating poutine and now they're just in vermont lovely vacation home yeah it's crazy they actually faced no consequences to this entire thing 
So another white guy gets away with it. And another fun fact, he is also a Trump supporter, like massively. Sensing a pattern. Super outspoken about it to this day. And his feed, I went on it just to see what it's about. And it's it's a nightmare. Trust me, it's, it's conspiracies, <laughs> news. He puts the Q and Quaid, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. He really does. So mm-hmm. avoid oh, at all costs. Wow. So that was our game. The Oscar goes to jail. And Sarah, you are the winner of this week's game. You did it. All right. I got <laughs> what? One thing correct? <laughs> Hollywood starlet. You are the Natalie Wood of Twitter. I was. I think yeah. we learned a lot. I know. We learned a lot. That almost all of them. I'm pretty sure Mark Wahlberg would be a, a Trumper too. So we're just, we're just learning a lot about um, the conservative Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And there was also, there's tons and tons of these sort of crimes. Most of them are DUIs. So I tried to go for more unique ones. But yes, a lot of white actors and celebrities in Hollywood get away with a lot. So... And they always will. Get away with drug trafficking. I would say murder. We haven't had one yet, but drug trafficking. Attempted murder. Attempted murder. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's true. We got some doozies. Wow. 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 Well, that was fun. That was, I mean, that was a very enlightening game. Thank you. I know. I feel like it was perfect for award season because that's also right now. So it's like almost perfect. Oh my God. I know. Fuck. Which reminds me. So we'll let Sarah work through that issue that just really changed the course of her day. But it until did. Then, while Sarah's having a panic attack, you can follow uh, us on Instagram at NATC pod and you can join our Facebook group where we get so many ideas. Uh, not another true crime group. And if you also, if you like the games that we're playing at the end of the episodes, I try to do some fun quizzes like this um, on our Instagram story every day. There's, there's something for you pretty much. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. It's a really fun time. Um, you can also follow me personally if you want to, Sarah Lameem. Um, DM me about my SpongeBob references. If you know, you know. It's very much I-Y-K-Y-K. Yeah, you can follow me at Cashmere <laughs> Danny. Cashmere with a K. Let me know your favorite song from Gypsy. I don't know. Let's do that. Sure. I'm into it. <laughs> Definitely do that. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Betches.